listeners, we are here for another episode of Simply Sales and Marketing. This is this time we have a very special guest. She is also a friend of mine. Her name is Zoe Harris. She's director of the Frizo Mazda City, and she joins us from Abu Dhabi. Zoe, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Charlotte, for the warm introduction. <laughs> great, great to have you on. I want to first sort of start by telling the story of how we actually met, because we actually work in the same sort of sphere of work. We work with locations, we work with free zones, we work with economic development for our listeners out there. And it's quite an interesting story. We met on a plane to Kazakhstan. Of all places. <laughs> That's, <interesting. laughs> That's right. <laughs> the, the, there is a backstory to this, though, because actually Zoe, I'd met Zoe in Dubai at a conference, but I couldn't quite, it was just a very brief introduction that we had. You came up to me, uh, we were standing in the queue to, to go to the toilet on the plane, and you said, oh, you must be Charlotte. Yeah, and we started a conversation but a few years previously, I was at an event, I think it was in Barcelona. I was speaking with a guy from also from the world we work in with economic development locations. We got chatting and he said, oh, you know, I have my own business and my wife works with me. And actually her name is Zoe. You probably really like get on really well with her. And I just laughed and thought, okay, I didn't think anything of it. And then what? Two, three years later, we meet on a plane to Kazakhstan, going to the same event. Exactly. To Shimkent, of all places. <laughs> to Shimkent, which most people, it's not the, it's about two hours, isn't it, flight from the capital, I think? Yes, that's right. It's, it's quite remote. It was the most amazing place. Uh, I was very pleasantly surprised, but it was a place I'd never heard of before, to be honest. Ah, so Zoe, you were previously, so you've, have an incredible journey and story to tell. You actually worked with your now ex-husband with his business for, I think, several years. And then you went on to become, well, to form your own business. Your current role is director of Free Zone in, in Mazda City. I think the story of meeting on a plane going to Kazakhstan is something I've never heard in my life before. Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you guys kind of gave the background on that piece. But what, what's kind of your background? What, what's the journey that led you to owning your own business, setting up one beforehand and kind of getting you where you are? Thanks, Sam. And thanks, Charlotte. Um, <laughs> it's been quite a journey indeed. Where do I start? I studied international business. I was always uh, attracted by the idea of doing business internationally, maybe because I was born in South Africa and grew up partially in the Netherlands. I always had a, a picture of being a global citizen, uh, that the world was a bigger place than just the Netherlands when I was at university. And so I did a studied business of which marketing and sales obviously is a, an important subject. From there, I the first chapter of my career was in fashion. And if we're speaking about sales and marketing, it's a very competitive industry. So it was a great industry to learn sales and marketing in. Um, I worked a Dutch brand owned by Indian entrepreneurs, very successful, called Mex, M-E-X-X, -X, which was in that in those days, like right up there with Esprit. And we were incredibly successful in the 90s and had very ambitious targets. And I worked there as a sales manager and really had to push hard to reach my targets. And I always made sure that I'd exceed my targets. And we got 
take very nice bonuses for reaching those targets. And soon enough, I was working with the largest key accounts in the Netherlands or in the Benelux, actually. And I really loved building those relationships with the, with the key accounts. And I was actually better at sales than what I expected myself to be because I never really I considered myself a salesperson. I'm more of a listener. I'm not very verbal. And I thought as a salesperson, you need to be able to speak a lot, speak fast and but then I soon came to understand that being a good listener was actually a great advantage uh, doing sales. So I would actually be quite quiet, listen a lot, and then strike when the moment came. So there's also a lot of feeling when the momentum is there that you can actually get your client to sign the piece of paper, sign the order, and where you can also push a little bit to get more out of the deal. So that was the first part of my career. Then I went on from there to uh, later I moved back to South Africa. And there I, by chance, got offered a job in real estate development, uh, running a sales team selling real estate developments, high-end real estate developments or plan. And this is how I got involved with location marketing and working closely with the marketing department, working with international investors, looking at investing in South Africa and working also with financial models and also looking at the tax picture. And from uh, South Africa, when the financial crisis hit in 2008, I moved back to the Netherlands and also not planned, got offered a job in FDI advisory, so foreign direct investment, which also involves location marketing. And that was actually based on my background in the real estate development sales. And from there, I became a consultant. So my career has actually been like not carefully mapped out, but the one thing led, led to another, also due to larger circumstances like the financial crisis in 2008, leading to the decision to move back to the Netherlands because of the business collapsing in South Africa in real estate, all over the world, of course. So also changing, shifting from real estate to advisory. And in the FDI advisory, that was with my then husband, who I worked with for over nine years and he offered me that position and I was a bit hesitant at first not sure if it was a good idea to work together as a as a couple but soon enough we really proved to be a successful couple together we he just started his own business and I joined because he just left uh, Ernst & Young so the company was a spin-off of Ernst & Young and soon enough, we were growing the company incredibly fast and doing uh, very well. And uh, my focus was more on business development and marketing. And he was more uh, engaged with the content side of things. But by working in that industry, soon enough, I was catching up with the content side of the advisory work we were doing as well. So we were working globally with uh, governments in attracting investments to their countries or to cities, regions. And uh, this also involved working with economic zones because these are key enablers of attracting uh, foreign investment. So the economic zones then became my niche area of expertise, also having the background in real estate development, because an economic zone or free zone is a real estate development with a, yeah. a specific a regulatory framework, which is different to the mainland of the host country. So this is how, in a nutshell, the one thing led to another in my career. 
Fantastic. Didn't know that you worked in fashion and that was your sort of segue into sales and marketing. And I love what you said there, Zoe, about, you know, sales is about building relationships. It's also about being a good listener. So, you know, you're saying that's something that you didn't think, you know, you thought initially that you had to be a talker, like that gift of the gab. That's definitely sort of what a previous generation of salespeople were supposed to be like. But really what matters most is being a good listener. What do you sort of, it sort of leads into the, to my next question. What do you th- wish that you'd have known about sales and marketing when you actually started out? Actually, ex- exactly that. So that it requires being a good listener. And I used to be far more insecure. So thinking I wasn't going to be good at n- enough at selling and doubting myself at being able to achieve big things, being able to bring in really large deals and securing mega contracts and being able to operate at that top senior level. And now being at that level, thinking back, like there was no reason to be so insecure because ultimately being in a senior commercial position, which involves sales and marketing and securing deals and revenues for the company basically this this will all come as long as you stay stay focused and dedicated and committed in reaching your goals because i i really have i know now that anything you set your mind to you can achieve it's basically also like what happens with top athletes in top sports any successful person, also in the arts, like if you'd speak to Madonna or any other pop star, they will say the same, you know, set your goals and just stay focused, keep going, and also do not get distracted or discouraged by people telling you otherwise. Yeah, I was going to say a point on that, Zoe. I've heard a few times, career is a marathon and not a sprint, you know, using the sports analogy. And I think that, I think that's very true. It's not something you should rush, try and achieve quickly something you pick up, you keep picking up and you keep growing on. On that note, thinking a bit more about the future and looking at what what impacts could have. I know you mentioned emotional intelligence and we've had a lot of people have come on and said emotional intelligence is key. It's picked up a lot more in sales. It's been there a little bit in marketing, but it's picked up a lot more now. What, What would you say would be the biggest impacting thing, factor, trend, tech or anything in the future for sales and marketing in particular? To me, the first word that comes to mind is trust. Trust is is key and especially in this digital age in which we are living and also with living in a world which is so volatile also in terms of supply chain disruptions, uh, geopolitical instability. So trust is key in building these relationships. And I've also heard very recently, multiple times, clients saying to me, Zoe, we prefer to call you because we know you. So what does this say? We trust you. We know you and we can trust you. So it's not a matter of having uh, the most competitive price or always having the best value proposition, but it's building those relationships and the trust. That is extremely well said. And I totally agree. We are sort of living in a world now where we're bombarded with different uh, messages. You know, who, who can you trust? You want to have those relationships with, you know, commercial people who you can trust. And that's... You know, something that is going to be more and more important as we go into the future. Now, exactly. turning that question, I'm sort of turning that question on its head. What do you think Zoe should stop in sales tomorrow if it was down to you? Also, yeah, straight away, what came to mind is the untargeted 
telesales or telemarketing. Oh yeah, that's a good so one. So these random phone calls and like you're in the middle of a really important meeting and someone's bombarding you with a product or a service which you have no interest in whatsoever. Yeah, the um, I, I don't know, there's actually a recent sort of survey that came out, I think, saying that now with cold calls, perhaps with, you know, the B2C cold calls, you know, you get from Vodafone or um, you get a lot of this in Spain where I am, you know, you get calls to try and sell something to you personally. But the B2B calls, you know, they're saying now that CEOs are picking up the phone more than what they did before because nobody is actually calling them. So, you know, they're bombarding them with emails, salespeople are writing emails and, you know, the quickest way to get to the CEO is to just call them up. So... I think Zoe's point now, I guess, I guess, yeah, I I think cold calling can be effective, very effective. I know we're talking recently about it, but I think it's more cold calling the right person (laughs) rather than just slamming it and not picking who you're cold calling, uh, making it, making it relevant and targeting them. But yeah, I I completely agree. CEOs are getting lonely. Who would have thought? Yeah. (laughs) Be personalized, be intentional. And, you know, I could talk about cold calling all day and and what to say and what not to say, (laughs) but yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I totally appreciate where where you're coming from in terms of that the tele the role of the telemarketer and that old telesales role is dead. So I'll hand over to Sam now because I think mm. he has another question for you. Yeah, I've got a two parts actually. I know at the start, just to clarify for some of the audience, you know, you're talking a bit about location marketing, and I think in marketing there's you know a lot of terms, a lot of different titles. You know, there's growth marketing, there's technical marketing managers, you know, marketing technology. How would you? quickly describe what location marketing is and you know how did you get into that i find that quite interesting okay so location marketing is something which is which requires a holistic approach because a location has a lot of elements or aspects uh, to it so many stakeholders a location is a geography a location has a culture might have a specific religion or multiple religions. A location has climate conditions. It has history. It has people. It has businesses. It might be a tourist destination or not. Uh, So there are all kinds of factors which need to be taken into account. And then especially with targeting the attractiveness of a location in Oh, and politics, not last but not least. It has a certain level of certain level of social development, but it also has politics, certain level of economic development. And it has a certain attractiveness or an unattractiveness for companies to locate. But this all depends on what is what is the company looking for. So there's a, a large range there in which a location can be super attractive or super unattractive and it also depends very much on what type or what sector you are targeting but not only the sector which countries you are targeting to attract these specific sectors from so there are it's a very interesting form of marketing because there's so many variables within the within the scope of location Mm. marketing so it, it requires quite a lot of research and also it, it's dynamic as well in how you need to promote your location because you can also benefit from certain changes in the geopolitical landscape. So it's, it's very, it's ever-changing. Mm. There must be some nice, nice travel in there as well, ending up in Kazakhstan and whatnot. That's always a good, good factor. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's 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 incredibly it's a very abundant area to work in in terms of meeting people being uh, familiarizing yourself with cultures because straight away you're working with people in those areas which is a great way to engage with the people it's very different than traveling as a tourist because you get familiarized with the local communities much and the culture much quicker through doing business and engaging with these either governments or businesses who you are working with so and it's just such a wealth of experiences it's just incredible i, I always i can pinch myself that i think i'm so privileged to be able to to work in all these places with all these amazing people i'm very jealous to say the least yeah i know it's pretty amazing and i think i racked up a total of maybe 50 odd countries especially when I was at financial times so um yeah never never stopped and we could talk about all the stories from all the different locations as well <laughs> um, before we jump off Zoe do you have a practical tip or is there any other sort of burning topic that you want to bring up what i would like to say is repeat what i said before is set clear objectives keep your eye on the goal also be uh, prepared to course correct so you might have to adjust the goal slide what and just don't let yourself be discouraged or talked out of whatever you are doing and really rely on your gut feeling your gut never lies to you that's that's powerful i like that go with the gut i think is quite a nice quite a nice takeaway go with your gut and go <laughs> and also what i want to say that Zoe started her her business, Impact Zones, in her 40s. So message to our listeners, you know, success is possible at any age. And like Zoe was saying, you just need to have those clear objectives. Don't let anybody discourage you and go for it. Love that. Zoe, where can people find you? People can find me on LinkedIn, Zoe Harry's. Otherwise, on Instagram, Zoe underscore Harry's. Feel free to reach out. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Zoe. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I think I'm going to go straight on Skyscanner and start booking some trips now. But no, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you so much, Sam. And thank you so much, my dearest friend, Charlotte. Miss you and great interview. Good luck with the series and uh, looking forward to, to seeing you all soon. Great. Thanks, Zoe.